Well, well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you guys. Uh, I hope you're doing great. Another week, another uh, week of life on this planet to serve God and to uh, grow in our faith and to experience what we think is just kind of sometimes monotonous and sometimes what's the point and all those things. But I think one day at the end of it all, we hold on to Jesus, we, we, we receive eternal life, and, and then maybe it's somehow we look back and we realize that our time with God on this earth was a complete miracle from beginning to end. We think right now, trapped in it, it's just somewhat crazy. But one day we'll look back and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to, I think, understand the, the depth of what it was like for a human being on another planet to walk with the Creator. How incredible that will be. So how incredible it should be right now. I love my church. I love my church. It's not perfect. We got lots going on, lots of... Uh, good stuff and lots of craziness and it's a mismatch of just sometimes chaos and sometimes sweetness awesomeness but it's people and and none of us are perfect and we're all broken and we all need Jesus and and so for that reason the church is not perfect but I love my church and and when I say that I don't just mean this body of believers that I'm with right now serving and growing and preaching to and and uh, sharing life with, but but the church, the church, God's church, God's church is amazing. The, the light of the world on the planet for all mankind. Hope, the only hope we have. We said that the church is the ecclesia. All authority belongs to Jesus. All belonging is because of him. And all construction is the work of his hand in every way, in every situation. It is all God's. All of creation belongs to God. All of the church belongs to God. And you and I, we are invited to enter into the body of Christ, into the church. We God invites anyone, any color, any race, any tribe, any nation, anybody, anywhere to come on into his kingdom. The door is open, the invitation goes to everyone. And um, we're by grace, that's God's grace. And by our faith, we respond to God. We say yes to God, we say yes to his son. We say yes to his truth. We say yes to his way. We say yes to him. He is the one who is over all of it. And that is the only way in. Through Jesus, God's grace, our faith meet, and we place our trust and hope completely in him. We love the church because the church is, we've already said, the body of Christ. The church is the way. We said that last week. And today our text is going to be out of Acts chapter 12. I'm not going to put it on the screen, so you're going to have to open the word. Okay, let's open the word together. Acts chapter 12. Story about Peter, a, a, a powerful, powerful story about Peter. A, a miraculous story about Peter. Acts chapter 12. We're going uh, to dig into this and get started today. 
but but I'm gonna finish it next week with you guys, okay? It's, it's gonna get long if I don't do that, so we're gonna cut it in half, and we'll get halfway through today, and then we will uh, finish next week, if that's cool with you. Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 12. Got your Bibles? Got the sword? Because you gotta have this. And you need to underline, you need to circle, you need to write, because when, when, when eternity comes, this will not go with us. It's part of the earth. But the truth of it is eternal. And so mark it up, jot down notes. Don't be afraid to write in this book, okay? Don't be afraid to do that. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church or to the way. Intending to persecute them, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. After arresting Peter, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for Peter. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, and he woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him, After uh, Peter followed him out of the prison but had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate keep, uh, leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of the street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and he said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and the servant girl named Rhoda came and answered the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. And she kept insisting that it was so. And they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hands for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell James and the brother about this, he said. And then he left for another place. 
In the morning there was a great disturbance or commotion among the soldiers. What could have happened to Peter? They asked. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Wow. What a powerful, miraculous event in the life of the church and in the life of Peter and, and, and the believers. Unbelievable. In this, we see the wonder of God. We see the power of God. We see God's ability to rescue his people anywhere, anytime, from any pit of darkness. Isn't that cool? I mean, I just think that's so cool that, that God is able and we have evidence and we have, we have stories of how God has worked in this way for people. Like he's not just the God who made everything in the universe. He is involved in the lives of human beings, people like you and me. God is interested in us and he's working with us. And we see what happens when God's people come together and turn to the Lord in prayer. It, this is a powerful event. And today, we love the church because, we love the church because, because we have a direct line of communication with God. And we call it prayer. Prayer is that direct line of communication that we have with God. And we, we, all, we all know what prayer is, and we talk about prayer from time to time, and many of us pray, but we, we, we will never know the value and the power and the gift that prayer is to us. And so I want to remind us of that today and talk about prayer in a powerful way and in this powerful event that happened in the life of Peter and the early church, and then how that matters to you and me. What does that mean for us? Did you know that prayer is the most powerful weapon on the planet? It is the most powerful weapon that we have. Through prayer, miracles happen. Through prayer, hearts and lives are changed. Through prayer, people are healed and made well. Through prayer, souls are saved. And it's through prayer that all of us are here right now. If you are a believer, it's because somebody prayed for you. Even if it wasn't in your family, somebody back in the day was praying that the church would move out in power and that God's people would reach out to the world. And, and, and when Jesus set the apostles in motion, they prayed that the message would go to the ends of the earth. And it has. Because somebody prayed, you are here today. And probably directly connected to some people in your life, you have given your life to Christ and been immersed to Jesus because somebody prayed for you and somebody is still praying for you. And I hope that you're praying, you're joining these people in this effort of prayer for your friends and your family and your neighbors and the people that you work with that you are actively and desperately and passionately praying for the souls of people that you know, your family and your friends. 
Prayer is the greatest weapon that we have against everything in the planet, against all evil and all powers and all authorities. Prayer. And it's through prayer that we're here right now. It's through the prayers of God's people and God's connection to his people, the church, that we continue to exist on this planet. There is no amount of money, there is no abundance of resource, there is no level of education that can do what prayer can do. There is none. Nothing will match it. Prayer is, is powerful because prayer is the only line of communication that we have that begins with God. It starts with God. All efforts of man begin with man. Prayer starts with God and it flows to you and me. And I hope we'll think about prayer in that way today. Because I think for the most part, we think prayer is us jabbering to God. It's us laying out all our wants, needs, and, and cares before the Lord. And while prayer does encompass that, it's so much more than that. In fact, prayer originates from above, and it comes to you, and it comes to me. God is the one who allows it all to happen. So what is prayer? Is it talking to yourself? Some people would say you're, they're just talking to themselves. Is prayer talking to the ceiling? You know, they're, they're not leaving this room. My prayers are going nowhere. Or just talking to the, the clouds? Is that what prayer is? Well, let me say this. It could be. It could very well be. That could very well be the truth. Because outside of a relationship with Jesus, you're talking to yourself. And I hope we will get this today, that this is so true because we've been like brainwashed into thinking all you have to do is just pray and God hears everyone. Well, I'm afraid to tell you today that biblically that is not the case. Okay, that is not true. Prayer is the fruit uh, and the pro production or the produce of a personal relationship with Jesus. And outside of a relationship with Jesus, you are simply talking to yourself. Have you ever seen a kid? You guys probably had one of these when you were little. I know we, we probably did. Our kids did. You know that your, your kids get on that thing. They pick up the phone. They dial that thing. And they're just jabbering away and talking to nobody. I mean, they're talking to themselves. And they're just talking like they're having a conversation with somebody. But they are not having one with anybody. Nobody. Nobody's on the other end of that line. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, if you have never been immersed into Christ through baptism and buried with him in his death and raised out of that grave, that watery grave, with a newness of life, and you're not born again, a new creation, then you are that little child on that play phone, chatting away, but talking to no one. And I know this probably is, is going to upset people that I'm telling you this from a biblical standpoint, that I am telling you that without a personal relationship with Jesus, this is what you're doing. You may think you're talking to God. 
And God is huge and God is big and God can hear anyone and anyone. But God has established that we would have a personal relationship with him. And it's through that personal relationship with him. And we're going to see that in a minute. That we can communicate, we can contact, we have contact with God. And outside of that relationship, there is nothing there to communicate with God. There's no power source that is connecting our heart and our prayers and our soul with the creator of the universe. It's only through a relationship with Jesus that we can communicate with Jesus. And I'm going to show you that here today. Paul said in Ephesians 6, and I pray, look what he says, in the spirit. I pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. You see what Paul says? There, prayer is more than just talking to God. If the spirit is not involved, there's nothing going on. I'm telling you, this is the... This is the power source. This is the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity of God. So when we say God is in you, we're also saying Jesus is in you. We're also saying the Spirit is in you. If we're saying the Spirit is in you, that's the same as Jesus is in you. It's the same as God is in you. They're all one. So if you don't have the Spirit of God, if you are not praying through the Spirit and in the Spirit that God has put in us through our relationship with Jesus then you can't talk to God. He is not hearing your prayers. And I know that sounds weird because God is everywhere and hears everything. But there is no power in unbelievers. God is not listening to them. He's not on their side. They are not on his side. He wants all men to be saved. But prayer is only effective if the Holy Spirit is working and active. Prayer is only productive because it is from God. The Spirit that God puts in us is from Him. And it's His Spirit in us that allows us to be able to pray. And if that Spirit, we've never accepted the Spirit of God in our lives then that power is not here and we can't communicate with God because we don't have the power source of the Holy Spirit there. I hope that's making sense. See, God is the one who creates this connection. It's God. We don't get to just wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'm going to pray to God today. It doesn't work that way. I know that's what people think. I know that's what we've been taught. And, and we can cry out to God and he hears the cries of an honest heart seeking him. But, but an ongoing relationship with Jesus can only happen if you surrender completely to him. Give him yourself, give him your life and let him cleanse you of your sin and put his Holy Spirit in you then you can have a constant communication in prayer life with the Lord. See, God creates this connection. It's not hardwired in, right? It's not some Wi-Fi connection that we have. There's no, he doesn't need a modem or a transmitter. And God doesn't need a hotspot to be able to communicate with you. Here's the thing. God secures the connection at both ends. Maybe this is what we need to get it. 
It's God in heaven talking to his spirit in you. And if that spirit is not alive and living and welcome in you, then God cannot communicate with you. The spirit is simply isn't there. God connects both connections. He's the one who provides both connections. And we accept the spirit as the connection now living in us, using us, working through us, having his way in us. And it's that spirit in us that wants to connect with the father. Prayer is direct communication between Father God and His Spirit living in us. Prayer comes from above. It flows from God to the Spirit of God in us and then directly back to the Father. We are brought into the connection by the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is now alive and working in us, we physically and humanly, now we're brought into that. We're brought into that communication and relationship because the Holy Spirit now has filled this vessel, this jar of clay. He is now living in. And so I am now a part of what he is doing in my life, but it is him doing it, not me doing it. I play a role in it as a human being that is alive and has a will and has a has a, a conscience and, and can make decisions. I, I have this 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 physical earthly part in it, but it's truly the Holy Spirit in me that is now doing the communicating with God. God initiates this line of communication. He initiates this line of communication based on the relationship that God initiated with you. See, it's all from him. The relationship is from him. It's a gift from him. Completely dependent on the Holy Spirit who is alive and sent to live in us. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says this. In the same way, now get this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself, he intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, Paul said a number of things there, but what Paul's saying is simply this. The spirit that God sent to live in you is the spirit that is striving to communicate with the Father. We are along for the ride. We are, we are, we are by our will, we are part of this because we have invited God to cleanse us and now live within us and use us for his glory. And so we're brought into that, but it is the spirit of God in us that wants to communicate with the Father. And we have, a, we have a role to play in that process. We can stifle that spirit and not allow it to do that, or we can let that spirit be free to use us however he wants. See, the bottom line is this. If there is no relationship with Jesus, then there really is no prayer going on. If, if the Spirit of God is not living in you, then there is no line of communication there. 
Without Christ's covenant commitment, sins washed by the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit alive in you, there is simply no communicating going on. Just a kid's phone that connects to no one. We, we do not come into God's presence without Jesus. We don't come into God's presence with Jesus, without Jesus, and we sure don't come on our terms. We just simply don't. We come to God through Jesus, and we do it on his terms, and only in a covenant relationship with the Son of God. John, 1 John says this, He who has the Son has the life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. A very simple memory verse that you should put to memory in your own heart. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. It doesn't really get much simpler than that, does it? You got, the, you got Jesus in your life. You have life. You have that spirit now living in you, and you have a direct connection to God. If you do not have the Son of God, you've never accepted the Son of God into your life, then you do not have the Spirit of God living in you, and you don't have that connection with God. That's as simple as it gets. I don't know how it can get any simpler. If you have them, you have the life. And so prayer, prayer is 100% dependent on Jesus alive and well in us first. That has to be in place. Prayer is a spirit connection. It's a spirit connection that we are blessed to have from God, the grace of God, through our personal decision to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of our life. Jesus has the, is the one who has gained access to the Father. He's the high priest, right, that gained access back into the Father. And only if Jesus is alive in us do we have access. No Jesus, no access, because it's Jesus in us talking to his Father. And he, he brings us along. He lets us know what he's up to. He reveals to our fleshly mind what, what he's doing in us and through us and how he wants to use us. And this is why prayer is so important. And this is why having the Holy Spirit in our lives is critical. There is no prayer without, without the Spirit of God who has come to dwell in us through our faith in Jesus. If you've never given your life to Christ, you must do that. If you want to have a, a, a living, healthy relationship with God. No Jesus, no access, no communication. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that there are a lot of people on the planet in our churches who are simply talking to themselves. They're talking to themselves. And I know that's, that, that probably sounds really like judgmental. Like, how can I know that? I don't really know that other than what the Bible says. The Bible tells us, and we've just read several passages, that only in a relationship with Jesus 
as Lord and Savior of our lives and our sins washed, can we come back into the presence of God? And it's in the presence of God that we can talk to God. So if you have not had your sins washed away, if you've never given your life to, to Christ and surrender to him, then how can you be in the presence of God to talk to God? You can't. And so in one way, this is a, a very complex thing, but in another way, it's a very elementary thing. It's simple. That phone, that kid's phone, it's, it's a phone, right? It looks like a phone. But the reason that it, there's, there's communication going nowhere is because it's not connected to anything. Like there's no lines running to it. There's no hookup for it. It's just in and of itself. And when you don't have Christ in your life, if you've never accepted Jesus, then you are just in and of yourself. And until you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, and let him into your life and let the Holy Spirit come to live in you. Now you have a connection to God. Outside of that connection, you are self-contained and talking to yourself. You know, people want God on speed dial. We all want God on speed dial when we, for when we get in trouble. We want to call on, on God and we want him to be on call for us and we want to have access to the creator of the universe when it's convenient for us. And this is the problem with mankind. We all want it our way, right? That's what we want. But we are completely unwilling to come to God on his terms, to honor him with our life, to worship him alone, and to serve him fully. See, we don't want any of that. We just want God to be available to us. Because we, we know in this country and we know in the world that prayer is talking to God. And so anybody and everybody can talk to God, right? Well, yes and no. You could come into a relationship by calling on the name of the Lord, crying out to God. But you cannot have a continual relationship with God and live your life in the presence of God if the Holy Spirit has not been invited to live in your life. It just simply, from the Bible's standpoint, is impossible, it cannot happen. Only if we have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior is your connection to God alive and flowing the only way. Prayer is a direct line to God and Jesus alone is the power source. He is the mediator. He is the bridge between us and God and the connection is his and he is also the connector of this thing we call prayer and the communication that we desire to have with the Father. You wanna pray? Let Jesus Christ be Lord and Savior of your life. And we're going to stop right there, and we're going to pick up from right there and move on, because we're going to get into that Acts 12 passage, Peter's miraculous escape, and how the church played such an important part in that. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Think about prayer. Think about what I'm talking about. Think about this. Because I know some of us have been praying. We were taught, it's okay, you just pray, you pray. But we never, we never really were taught the biblical truth of what it is we're doing and how it is it's possible and what it takes for it to even come about. 
And I hope if you'll do anything this week, you will open up the Word of God. You will open up your scriptures. You will dig and dig and dig and learn about prayer and learn about the Spirit's role in our life. And you will find out for yourself from the Word of God yourself. You don't have to believe me. But if I stirred you up to go in here, then, then I did my job. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Love you. And um, we'll see you next week, okay? We'll continue this then. Have a great week.